And it's a marvellous day here in the sunshine at the Gabba with me in the Channel 9 commentary box, my colleagues, and uh, oh, it's been a sublime innings from Peter Hanscom this morning. Back into the side, back into some form. Joey! Joey! Mate, how are you? It's Blair. Blair from school. Blair from... Mate, I haven't seen you for a while. I'm, I'm just in the commentary box Can right you see I'm game. wearing my school cricket shirt? Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing I, my school cricket shirt. I can't. Blair, um... So you can tell it's from school. Security let you in? I don't or? come to the Gabba without wearing it. I come to the Gabba and I say, let me in in my school cricket polo. Oh, Blair, that's um, great, and mate. I loved playing third eleven cricket with you, but I am I am just at work right now. Sorry, mate. You go for it. That's okay. Okay. Um, and Amir runs into bowl. It's a googly. Turns away. Soft hands. Though, Funny the people you run into at the Gabba, isn't it? What have I not seen you in? 15 years, I yeah. walk into the Gabba, I walk upstairs, there's Joey from school. Yeah. From school. Yeah, but I'm, Me, uh, Blair, from school, and you, Joey, also from school. Blair, I'm, I'm not right up to... You have to do quite a bit to get into the commentary box, Blair, but i just got some questions about how you... Actually, no, sorry, another ball being bowled, and um, that's a standard off-break, just plays it to mid-wicket. Did you want a Calippo? I've, I've, I was just going to pop to the quick snacks if you wanted a Calippo. Well, Long days this cricket. We've got catering here. Oh, all so right, that's... fancy. All right, Marion. Well, I mean... All right, Marion Antoinette. Okay, uh, Let them all eat cake. I don't I want I, cake. I work, I'll have a Calippo. I work, I work 10 hours a week. Do you want a Calippo, week? mate? Just transfer me nine bucks later. Are they nine dollars? Keep going with your commentary, mate. Oh, okay. Um, and Amir running into... Bar. It's a Calippo. We're going to go to KFC Googly. at lunch. Because oh, yeah. there's no good food in, in the Gabba. So we were going to go up to KFC, get a bucket, go have a quick bolter at the Pineapple Hotel. Glug, glug, glug. Might have another one. Glug, glug, glug. Back past KFC. More nuggets. More nuggets. All right, brain. All right, stomach. I will. And then we come back into the Gabba, full, drunk, and enjoy the afternoon session. Well, Blair, that sounds great. Do, do you want to get started on that now, even? Like, there's no reason for you to hang around in the box. You could oh, go to you. KFC. It's funny the people you run into at the Gabba. It almost seems like everyone from school is here. It's like everyone from school is here. Well, I mean, it, it is the first test after school, mate. I just love cricket, is what I love. I love cricket. Mm, me too. Speaking of, it is, yeah, no, it sorry, is my that. job. Absolutely so, um, And... Uh, I... I've lost it. How do you get into you, the pool? You've, dis you've distracted me. How do you get into the pool? Because there's that fun pool down on the boundary. Yeah, there. I think you wear a pair of speedos and upload a photo with a hashtag or something. I, I, I don't very know. Very cool. I'm trying to, you, you, Tell you, me you, how you're distracting my focus. Okay, I'm trying to watch this brilliant young Pakistani leg spinner show us his craft, and you've just walked in. How'd you get in, Blair? How'd you get in? Oh, it's the only place in the stadium where you can sit in the shade. Get ready for a broken fucking oh. Hello, Brisbane. Oh. The Minister for Sports says Brisbane crowds are consistently the league's biggest. North Korea launching an intermediate-range missile over Brisbane's new bike hire scheme. What am I going to see in Paris that I can't see in Ashburn? Like, at what point is a Highgate Hill? At what point is it South Brisbane or South Bank? You will find the location of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived, they advised I needed some 4X. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane. Three hellos, you reckon? Yeah, <laughs> I reckon it's a pretty good evening here. It's a bit of a three. Hello. Well, you know why it might be three hellos. Oh, yeah. One from you, one from me, and one from Adele. We're talking wool and Gabba. Oh, the Gabba, good reference. I was going to say it's got less hellos than it does O's in the name. It's wool and Gabba. Here's a challenge for those? our listeners. Here's a challenge for the Unpakistanis. Yeah, legends. Not the carry unpackers. No. A weird splinter group like the provisional IRA versus the real IRA. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> I would say I challenge you, Unpakistanis, come to me and Joe with a word with more double letters in it because here's what That's we're a talking great point the first two o's double letter the l's double oh. letter the next two o's double yeah. letter n 
G-A-double-B at the B-A. end. B-A, spot Four on. sets of double letters. Can you find me another word, not even another suburb, guys, another word in the English language with four sets of double letters? Um, I, I can't think of one off the top I mean, of my Woolamaloo. head. Woolamaloo. Huh? Woolamaloo. It's a city in, it's a town in New South Wales. Two O's? Yeah, two L's. Two O's, then two O's. Hmm. But I mean, you've like, only matched me there. But they're, but they're, only but me they're there blood brothers because, as we've observed before, white Australian colonialists, when trying to write down what the indigenous language was, just assumed they had a fuck it? ton of O's. Like, what was that, mate? What was that? Well, yeah, sure. Okay. Wool and loop. What? Just 17 chuck. letters. Stupid language, mate. I just, don't even care. Just chuck a few down there. Just chuck a few letters down. Chuck a few O's in, mate. Who cares? Thanks, Captain. Yeah. And to clear this up for everyone, we're mocking the colonialists themselves. Dum dums. Now, uh, the. We are talking about Woolloongabba, the yeah. double letter rich suburb. Now, and if uh, anyone's look, if anyone's worried, let's just let's just address this now, Henry. If anyone's worried, this whole episode's going to be about cricket. Sometimes your anxieties are valid, well founded. Well, that's a pretty fair worry. <laughs> Bit of well founded angst for we, the Pakistanis. We had some there. friends this week. Um, some of their names escape me. Uh, who had <laughs> expressed of clear and present danger that the episode would be all about cricket. So if, say, we're 20 minutes into this episode and you haven't heard about cricket yet, just, it's lurking. It's probably coming. It's right around the corner. It's probably Stay coming. on your toes in this episode is what we'll say. Yeah, cool. Uh, so all not much for housekeeping. We were just going to say un-Pakistanis. It's going yeah. well. Uh, and we've seen people whacking up on their Instagrams. I think Jane Carroll, we've got to give her a shout-out. She was Huge up, shout-out. actually uploading like all the un-Pakistanis, loyal un-Pakistanis sitting around listening to it on a speaker. Love that people are listening to it on a speaker because I assume most of your housemates don't want to hear it. Well, and it's that kind of aggressive marketing <laughs> that I like from the Unpakistanis. Well, we also heard of um, uh, Emma and Mitch yeah. uh, waiting to like start a puzzle so they could play this episode on their speaker. Mm. I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast through a Yui Boom, but based on our social I've never listened to a podcast. No, me neither. I, I, I listen to... Well, I watch sitcoms yeah. because they fit neatly in my study break. But yeah. um, here's one for you. Oh, I listen to podcasts. Heard of a song? Yeah, they're come great. on, mate. They're and podcasts they're, they're with shorter. guitar. Yeah. Um, Sometimes so, piano. Never piano. Never mandolin. <laughs> um, but the Unpakistan And uh, great thing about Unpakistanis, just so we avoid any sort of um, inflaming any racial tensions or stepping where we shouldn't, it is spelt with a C-K. Yep. Retain... Like Louis. The Unpak... Yeah. <laughs> Get ourselves from racial hot water <laughs> into sexual. Yeah. We've dived out of this hot water and now we're in the sexual harassment hot tub and... Call me a teabag, mate. I love being in the hot water. Now, <laughs> uh, we were going to say as well, uh, we are going to start a little bit of a new initiative. Yeah. So, we love uh, Brisbane, obviously, and we wanted to not only give a shout out, because I feel like our social media, all we do is talk about ourselves. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're two very egotistical and selfish blokes as evidenced by the fact we started a podcast and assumed other people would want to hear our voice, but we love what... Other people are doing in Brisbane. Other people celebrating this city is fucking awesome to me. And there's a lot of good stuff out there that I think doesn't get celebrated enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to do Unpakistanis of the Week, where mm. if you're a local artist, local band, uh, any sort of photographer, local... Photographer. Photographer. Like video game. If you're making a Brisbane-themed video game, we have to get, like... In fact... Where you have to... Now, idea. Get from 
va- the valley to kick-ons with your mates without losing any of them. Oh, That'd be a sick video. Wow, game. that's yeah, a great be- game. Yeah. If, you're, if you're developing that, do send us a message because I'll, yeah. I'll fund a lot of it. That sounds sick. Yeah, if you're a game designer, get that out there. But yeah, we were going to say, Unpakistanis of the week. If you're, We'll reach out to you, maybe. You reach out to us if you want to be, and we'll share you on the Instagram. Uh, we'll chat about it on the show. Just to uh, literally, I mean, we're not like some sort of huge media empire. It's no. probably not going to do you a whole lot of good, but just so people who follow us know a bit more about the yeah. other creative projects in Brisbane, especially during this COVID time. I was going to say, I mean, it's never been a better time. And, you know, there was backlash on Twitter this week around people baking bread. Like, mm. the contrarian take some people are having about, oh, you know, people being productive or creative in this, I think it's awesome. Like, if you've yeah, started me. doing designs or you've started painting or writing or doing music or anything to do with creativity in Brisbane, we'd love to give you a shout-out. Yeah, so our, we're gonna, our, our three followers will probably follow you. They'll get around it. So, uh, yeah, I'm Pakistanis of the week. Uh, we're going to be doing that from next week. Uh, so, message us on mm. Instagram if you're keen to get a bit of a local mm. shout-out. Um, and we'd like to know that we intentionally didn't go with the name... <laughs> Local legends for this segment mm. because I heard it enough during the 2011 floods and I never need to hear it again. But local legends is nevertheless the vibe we're trying oh, to Oh, lowercase L's, you're all local legends. Mm. But goddamn, we're not calling it that. So yeah, right in. Unpakistanis of the week. It's going to be great. Uh, Joe, let's get into Wool and Gabba. Wikipedia, Wikipedia. And now, Henry, it's time for the only segment in this week where we talk about Wool and Gabba and their Wikipedia page. It's Wikipedia Wig Out. Yeah, good one today. Uh, fair bit in it. Do you want to give me a go at guessing the population? Oh, sorry, you. Uh, I, I will in a moment. Mm. But just off the top of my head, now, I've always known cognizantly Wool and Gabba is very close to the city. Mm. Um, it's 1.2 kilometres away. Yeah. That seems too close. That seems... It seems to me if a place is one kilometre away from the city, it's in the city. Yeah, the... I know it's a paradox, but... The story bridge always comes out of nowhere, I find. Mm. You're kind of at the Gabba and then... Brisbane like, Brisbane trivia for you. What's the story bridge actually called? What's the road on the story bridge called? Um, It's like the something highway. Yeah, it's the Bradfield Highway. Isn't there something... It's I think it's world's the shortest, shortest highway. Yeah, the world's shortest. Isn't that an awesome thing Brisbane has? Mm. Oh, we've got the world's shortest highway. Yeah. If you want to go somewhere quickly... You will, but it's not very far away. <laughs> I saw the world's shortest highway today and there were people climbing it. Hey. So, yeah, uh, willing to have a... Oh, yeah, let me... Okay, okay. have a run at the population. How no, I actually run? haven't... Um, have oh, I found it now. I haven't actually okay. looked at it this week in advance. It's okay. Um, if you, this isn't really a hint. It's less than I'd expect. I thought there were more people in Mullingabba. Six, five hundred? You're very good. It's five and a half thousand. Ah, okay. I would say a square thousand is the furthest off you've been, which is quite impressive. There you go. Because I would have guessed That's like very low. eight or nine thousand. There's so many apartments. I guess, yeah. Mm. But an apartment but is uh, not a home, is it? No, well, no. And it's also, it they've, they haven't breathed a word about the apartments on the Wikipedia page. No, not at all. Um, so, but what they have spoken about, Henry. Let's talk about a bit. Um, I mean, obviously we are... Of course, going to talk about the Brisbane Cricket Ground, the Gabba. Yep. We're going to talk about that in the contemporary. Are we calling it the Gabba? Yes, yeah, the Gabba. I, I mean, it, it's the Brisbane Cricket Ground. It's the BCG. Just for um, just for like, just for the purest continuity. You don't want to call it the Gabba today? Are you going to? I think I will Joe, stick put the, with Joe. Why have you got a gun? I, I Joe, I, can, I, can I call it the Gabba, mate? I think it's probably necessary for us to use the appropriate titles, and I foresaw the use of force would be necessary. You bought so a gun. Gonna, I found a gun. It was in my backyard. Sure. Who put it there? So, the Brisbane Cricket Ground, we <laughs> talked a little bit about on this. And um, so, 
they've also they mentioned the Brisbane Cricket Ground, which has its own Wikipedia page, so not strictly within the ambit of this yeah. chat. Which is actually interesting to see something so famous in a suburb's Wikipedia page not really be talked about on the Wikipedia page because it's obvious. Like, if you care about the Gabba, you're going to a completely separate page. Yeah. So, so we'll- St John's Wood in England, Lords is there, mm. but the St John's Wood England page, slim. And the St. John's Woods Ashgrove page, non-existent. non-existent. <laughs> uh, so, the, they say it contains the Brisbane Cricket Ground and the Princess Alexandra Hospital. God, pretty good to have the Alexandra Hospital nearby, mate, when England play. Oh, bloody, few uh, bloody, bloody broken fucking arms there, Fucking mate. whinging poms, mate, reporting oh. with a case of hurt feelings. Oh, my feelings hurt, Doctor. Can I have one? Is there a, is there a gynecologist in the house? I'm from the Barmy Excuse Army. Excuse me, I'm the England team doctor and my team men have a case of very badly hurt feelings. <laughs> Their crumpets were cold and they simply can't get over themselves. <laughs> Actually, I reckon one of the worst case of hurt feelings the PA hospital ever had would have been in the 30s when the English captain complained to the Australian captain that he got called a bastard on the field. And then the Aussie captain walks back into the dressing room in front of the English captain and goes to his team, all right, which one of you bastards called this bastard a bastard? <laughs> and I won't use a trio of C words in that, but just imagine how that would go these days. And funnily enough, I think Princess Alexandra was actually there for that. Yeah, she yeah. said, you know what? I'm going to build a hospital <laughs> and about it. She said, and you know what? It- she built the hospital <laughs> because, yeah. I thought she said, you know what? It was me. I, I do that thing where I throw my voice like with puppets and it was me who called everyone a bastard. Yeah, sure, that too. Um, but, Talented know, lady. Famous bit of Brisbane trivia in, in Brisbane. Mm. All the hospitals are named after the people who built them. So none of them are honorary oh. titles. Princess Alexandra took a gap year, built the hospital. That's why um, the martyr is, is built by the comic relief in cars. <laughs> I was going to say St. Andrew, the English saint who... Didn't he like fight a dragon? And then built a... St. George built a dragon. Ah, St. Andrew good. just built a hospital. Yep. He fought building codes and tight budgets. Well, as I always say, kill a dragon, you save a man for a year, but build a hospital and you save people from dragon burns for a century. That's very true. So Only for a century, though. And then the output, because you haven't flattened the curve of dragon burns. No, well, you got yeah. to fl- flatten the curve yeah. before the yeah. dragon burns, actually. <laughs> There's <laughs> a pandemic on everyone. Uh, so, essentially, yeah, uh, Prince Alexander Hospital. Experts are divided regarding the Aboriginal meaning of the name. Uh, so there are two options about... Because uh, Wool and Gabba, as we mentioned in the intro, obviously just another case of uh, white colonialists trying to spell um, based on They what also, like, definitely heard it once and were like, I'll just write something down. I wouldn't be like a colonial to just try and uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> ad- 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 adaptate someone's history. Yeah, I'm um, sure they just sensitively sat down with the elders and uh, discussed what they should call the Gabba. I'm sure it was a very <laughs> nice, non-bayonet uh, win. Yeah, I'm sure they rocked up and said... Hey, this would be a great place to put the gabber, everyone. Uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Princess Alexandra, how you going? Oh, it's going to take a while. Uh, so, they the, the split is uh, either whirling waters is the meaning or, and I like this one, mm. fight talk place. Now, that's a bit sick. Now, there's a lot of sledging in cricket at Woolloongabba. And if the original meaning of the Aboriginal word was fight talk place, that's pretty cool. That's sick. And reject a title for uh, Fight Club. Mm. The one the rule, rule of fight talk place. Don't talk about fight talk place. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to. It's Whatever lame. you do when you place a fight talk at fight talk place, don't talk a fight place. And I was like, so what can I can't do exactly? <laughs> There's a place here where we fight. Talk? You can. After the fight, it's a place. Hey, David Fincher, we love your movies. This You need to change this. This sucks. It's like, so you're saying my movie... 70,002 should just be renamed. <laughs> this culture of simplicity. Drop the talk place. Just fight club. <laughs> it's neater. One thing I do want to pick you up, though, is... Yeah, the two. So, whir- whirling waters is derived from two Indigenous words, woolen and capem. Mm. 
fight talk place is derived from the words woolen and gabba. Yep. I have a pretty good guess about which one it's meant to be. I don't know why Wikipedia <laughs> wrote this. Yeah, it's like, now there are two possible reasons Ascot's called Ascot. One, the race course. Two, it kind of sounds like my dad's second wife, who I didn't like all that much. Ascot. Those are the two options, okay. according to this Wikipedia yeah, author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, Joe, you have an actual... And again, we'll talk about the the Brisbane Cricket Ground later. Yeah, thank you. But you have an interesting tidbit. This isn't strictly on the Wikipedia page, but just because no. it's, it's, it's Brisbane history. This is good. Um, and I think this sums up Brisbane and Queensland in a way that a lot of people won't understand. So, Clem Jones, uh, famous namesake of the unused Clem 7 tunnel in the 70s. Uh, He was Lord Mayor of Brisbane. And the English tourists were coming to play Australia in the ashes at the Gabba. And Clem was worried that the groundskeeper at the Gabba wouldn't prepare a pitch that was favourable to the Australian fast bowler. So, we had Jeff Thompson and Dennis Lilly at the time. And so... Most Lord Mayors, if they were worried about the state of a pitch in a cricket game, would probably just be quietly concerned. Clem Jones used unforeseen mayoral executive power to sack the groundskeeper at the Gabba and appoint himself in the role. I wish this was a bit, but he somehow got like correct legal advice that that was something he could do. And for the week of the test, our mayor was the groundskeeper at the Gabba. Prepared a fucked wicket and like three Englishmen genuinely ended up in hospital. <laughs> Princess Alexandra was near that. <laughs> I just... It's also, like, the Brisbane Cricket Ground is privately run. It's not like a... It's, it's not, not a nationalised industry. It's not. And I like that the mayor was like, uh, yeah, no, I'm the mayor, uh, you're fired. Oh, but I, I'm just trying to... You're fired, mate, I'm the mayor. You're fired. I'm, I, I'm the mayor. I can take any job. It's like, maybe there's just, like, this weird Latin rite of the mayor to declare <laughs> himself any job. Also, groundskeeper, like, Got his job back the week after. That was just for this first It was purely... And, and my favourite part, Clem Jones wasn't just being, like, optimistic about his own skills here. He was a cricket groundskeeper before he was mayor. So, he <laughs> had... Yeah, he had the skills. Uh, I so, just, he, so, he was like, well, I've prepared grass pitches for yeah. the better part of my career. I feel like the ne- electoral politics <laughs> is the next logical step, step in my oh, career. Can you imagine Adrian Schrinner just, like, head in hands to his council, just being like, guys, the... um. New Zealand's touring next week and uh, the groundskeeper's just not where it should be. I know it's not traditionally Labor policy being small government and everything. Sorry, Liberal <coughs> policy, but um, any chance we could sack it? <laughs> like, uh, uh, I guess. So Shrindog, you are the mayor and you know that Latin code we have <laughs> the You can sack whoever you want, mate. Just the idea of, like, Shrindog just being like, yeah, I've always wanted to... um. I just wanted to just work for at 7-Eleven for a day, just yeah. to know what it's like. You're sacked. <laughs> You're out. Now I'm here. Uh, oh, yeah, so love that's Clem. It. Love that from Clem Jones. Yeah. What a man. What a great guy. Couldn't only tell, I couldn't only tell the you tunnel were, lived up to it. I was going to say, I couldn't tell you. Dude, can you imagine if something was named after you when it sucked as hard as the Clem 7? <laughs> but I was a terrorist and I was like, look, I've got to... Got to put a bomb somewhere in Brisbane that goes off if, like, say it's triggered or someone goes over it. If there was a bomb in the Clem Seven. We just wouldn't know for years. Yeah, we'd be fine. <laughs> like city cycles. Like there, there, there could be. And if you're Al Qaeda, you're sitting there just kicking yourself. God damn it, Clem! Oh, guys, we fucked up. Uh, yeah, so very interesting. Now another bit. Uh, this is quite interesting. Woolen Gabba. Uh, was a little bit of a, a transport hub when it first started. So the suburb was served by horse-drawn trams from 1885 to 1897. Right. Horse, isn't that just like... Oh. 
a carrot. Oh, you want me to pull your fucking tram? Oh, the horse is back. Horse is back. Oh. <laughs> by by unpopular demand. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. So you want me to pull your fucking tram all the way from Wollongabba to the other side of Wollongabba? Well, guess what? Is it going to cost me? Why don't you get on my fucking back? But it's a, you pull the tram. I don't. Know oh, someone's a little bit too good to get on my fucking back right now. I you thought know you we didn't were... like people on your back. You're always very bitter about it. I I don't like it. I don't. You like it, but I don't want it. So if neither of us want it, I shouldn't have to. Why, why are you telling me? To, I pay you. You're the horse. See biscuit and I eat it. That's a pun I pull. That's fun. That's a horse. But you... I've I've heard that joke. I read it on horse Twitter. Oh, you mean. <laughs> you mean whythelongface.com or something like that? Nay. Nay zone. Yeah. <laughs> watch zone. me whip. Watch me, watch me nay. <laughs> so. Okay. That bit back delivers by as usual. Popular demand. Popular demand. Um, um, yes, yeah, so we got horse-drawn trams, 1895. It was, it was just in general a transport hub, right? Like, yeah. As it is today. Yep. If I've ever needed to go to the east side of Brisbane, and I won't lie, not often... Woolengab is where I go through. Well, funnily enough, Queensland Railways, as it was, yeah. always referred to the branch line as the Woolengabba branch, spelt with only one L. Oh. So they so they to, couldn't get it right. Well, to speak to the difficulty of spelling this suburb, <laughs> even Queensland Railways were like, oh, fucking... I, can, the, I, I feel like know. four seems like too many pairs of double letters. Drop an L, guys. Drop an L and publish it on <laughs> all of our infrastructure. So, yeah, they had it wrong for ages. <laughs> this is so niche, but do you remember that scene in Matilda? Where I remember every scene. Are- <laughs> I know you do watch it every night before bed, mm. but the kids are talking about how to try and spell Mississippi because yeah. that's famously yeah, yeah, hard to spell yeah. in America. I've just been thinking about this as we've been talking about Bull and Gabba. Mississippi is so much easier to spell than Woolloongabba. It is mm. insane that Australian children have to grow up in a world and now online classes mm. being taught how to spell a word as hard as Woolloongabba. It is the most Queensland yeah. thing in the world. That it's we why work. we are the. It's why we Queensland is the smart, the smart state. state yeah. It's why we're the Do smart you the state. Fucking controversy when they changed that to the I sunshine like, state. Yeah, I was like thirteen. And I was filthy on behalf of Queenslanders that all of a sudden we were the smart state. Mainly because I'm like, we're just not. We're not. We, we are the Sunshine State. That is why people come. Who got Sunshine? We've got yeah. heaps of we it. We've got Sunshine Coast. Brains. Mm. Yeah. Tropical. F- fucking not a lot of smart cookies came from Queensland. Oh, we can spell wool and gabba. Uh, yeah. Another interesting bit before we wrap up the Wikipedia page, Matt. In early 1942, the first Coca-Cola bottling plant in Australia was built in wool and gabba um, at 36 to 39 Balaclava Street. It was originally designed to supply the demands of the newly arrived U.S. military personnel, maybe some of whom were staying at Camp Ascot. Um, so, as, as we got some uh, very good feedback on, actually, people weirdly wanted to hear more about Camp Ascot. Interesting history. I think there's a gritty Channel Seven miniseries in life at Camp Ascot. Mm. Jonathan Lapaglia. Well, I guess if there's a bit of product placement, we could get it from, <laughs> from Coke because they were there too. And um, yeah, so it started as just to give Cokes to the US military, but it later expanded production to the local Australian market. So, yeah, first Coca-Cola I, bottling plant I'm glad in Australia. You, I'm glad you mentioned it was US soldiers because I was very confused why in early 1942, at the height of Coca-Cola, uh, they I, were like, guys, you know what we need? Coke. Well, that was actually their, market, that was their marketing campaign. It was Coke-Oda. <laughs> C-O-C-E-O-D-A. And they were like... God, hard day of walking and uh, fighting and, uh, you know, burying yourself in the trenches of Papua New Guinea. Enjoy Coke. Coke-oda. We put the Coke in Kokoda. Oh, you're dead. I'm now thinking, because briefly, when you just said walking there, I'm imagining a guy 
whose only understanding of the Kokoda track is the modern thing where it's like a long walk. So he assumes there wasn't a battle. It's like yeah. those brave soldiers went away and did the equivalent of a half marathon in mm. the jungle. That's very gutsy, man. He's like, like an- oh, it's just a circuit training, mate. Like in many ways, I too am an Australian hero because I downloaded the Kokoda Challenge app to my smartphone and tablet <laughs> and I've walked. I love that challenge. It's like, oh, I actually did the Kokoda. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I walked the same amount of steps in a seven-week period as the Kokoda. It's like, oh, yeah, was it in mud and were you being shot at? Oh, no, it's just going to work. Oh, no, it was um, Tenerife. Yeah, yeah. Getting, a, getting a coffee and then hanging out with my friends. Don't know what these cats were complaining about. It's a <laughs> pretty good time. Uh, yeah, so interesting. And, you know, hey, how do you know this? Um, uh, uh, Coca-Cola... Uh, f- when it was first made, it was you. There was cocaine in oh, it. Oh no way! And, and also, bro, they invented Santa. The colours used to be green, oh. but they invented Santa. And you know, they the, Santa's beard in the yeah. original that was cocaine. Oh my god, Henry, that's crazy because I'd never believe that one bioorganic plant could produce two different things. Yeah. So coke must be cocaine. Oh. That's insane. Admittedly, I like the post mix version. Yeah. Oh, admittedly, if we're quick ranking of cokes, uh, post mix with a lot of ice. Uh, glass bottle. Yep. Can. Yep. Um, clear bottom is like the two-liter plastic bottle. Oh yeah, just grub. a fucking train wreck. Yeah. Get it's always to a kill- food works after school. Yeah. You're a year nine <laughs> churchy kid, you dickhead. As well, <laughs> it's always year nine churchy kid with their really open necked shirts. I need two liters of coke because for- I'm a boarder and I oh, haven't I'm seen an- my parents in. Nine I'm an months. Anglican and I don't have to wear ties. Our so masses go for two fucking hours. I need this nah, coke. To actually, keep that's me awake. true. Anglican masses go for so long. They're long. Bro. Anglican priests just know how to riff more than anything. Like get on a roll. It's where Dave Chappelle started. Oh, really? As an Anglican yeah, minister. Yeah, yeah. And then that's how he did his crowd work. I've listened to my mum do exactly one sermon. And, and God bless my mum. She hasn't got the gift for brevity. And that seems to be a prerequisite among Anglican priests. And a prerequisite amongst Dwyer children. Now, <laughs> yeah. um, can I say as well... Well, one Dwyer child. No, no, no <laughs> insults to Tilly. Um, can I say post-mixed Coke, lots of ice? Yep. I, uh, and also, lot of ice. Oh, we're like talking Ben McDonald's. Cousins. Yep. Yeah. I'm talking that time we went to Barrel thinking it would be Bradman's cute cricket town. It's just an ice-ravaged New South Wales country Yeah, I'm town. talking an ABC documentary about this cup. <laughs> um, then we're doing... I'm putting can above oh, glass bottle. No way. Solely because, A, I think they're colder. B, I think the consumption method is quicker. I can't... My, I think the mouthpiece on a glass bottle, too tiny. Oh, for little, I, I like that. Henry's baby mouth. I like a rush. Like so cookies and cream ice cream. No, baby Henry. motherfucker, I'm saying that the coke... Oh, my mouth is huge, bro. I'm saying that the mouthpiece oh. of the glass bottle is too small. I'm, my, my big oh, mouth want to be filled. My big mouth being like, where the coke at? And the bottle's like... Well, yeah. But I can't drink a can quickly. Like, if you ask me to scull a can. beer, I'd much scu- uh, I'd scull a bottle over a, a can. Nah, bro, a can. You reckon? Well, uh, in full credit, you can scull a beer and I can't. Uh, I yeah. would also say in your defence, would you say that um, can is often a lot fizzier. I think it's the fizziest iteration of the drink. Yeah. Okay. Glass lose. Glass loses a smidge of fizziness, but like it's so refreshing to me. Like a bit of fizz. Uh, anyway, so yeah. Well, that was Coke Chat. Uh, that was mm. the Cocoda Trail. Uh, and yeah, which was first distributed in Brisbane out of Woolongabba. Thanks, Wikipedia. Boom. Done it again. <laughs> well, it's a city on a river, and don't you ever forget it, kid. Well, for everyone waiting with bated breath, Henry, now we've got to talk about the great centrepiece of contemporary Wool and Gabba. It is the Gabba. It is cricket. It is part of the beating heart of Brisbane in the same way, in a very similar way that Suncorp is. Mm, 100%. I think um, I think it's worth us uh, addressing our brand association with cricket. Um, and obviously, you and I, um, cards on the table, uh, listeners, mask off. 
Henry and I fucking love cricket. If you have had any tangential interaction to do with us, you'd know that. But I would say there's a sector of Brisbane uh, who took a while to come around to the fact that we both loved cricket and were friends with each other. And that's people we knew at school but haven't seen since. <laughs> yeah. couple couple specific incidents of... Henry and I say at the Gabba, because, I mean, there's no greater thing in a Queensland summer than just putting in a whole day at the Gabba, particularly, I think, when it's a game you don't really care about, because that's yeah. the beauty of cricket. You've got nine hours to just drink shitty Iron Jack. Mm. If you're going really... for an ODI or something. Yeah. Like one day game. Don't have to be invested. But the amount of stunned looks we would get from roving packs of jocks being like, hey, Joey, Brettsy. What are you guys doing here together? What are you? You bump into each other in a lava of beer? What's this? It's like, no, no, no. no we're um, here to watch the ODI together. Oh, just the two of you. That's the other thing. Now, is- Brett's Because <laughs> Brett's here. Brett's here. I remember Brett's here from school. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> do you guys just catch it up for a quick bit? I, that I also love innings the, break? I love the dynamic that depending on age, it's either, oh, Brett's here. Oh, I remember you, an older bloke. Or, oh, Joey Dewar, little fella. What are you doing here? I guess for context as well, listeners, like, Joe and I were, like, three or four years apart at school. Yeah, four years. Four years apart at school, and then became friends because I coached him in theatre sports. Yeah, very um, um, you know, very erotic background. Just a couple of young virgins getting it done. And we <laughs> and I, not with each other. Uh, no, or, or with anyone, really. <laughs> it's not a blue card uh, <laughs> remnant statement. But I, yeah, so I coached Joe and we became mates. Then he came to uni. And so, like, we have a considerable age gap. And I guess to us it seems normal. But to many of the people we went to school with, it, yeah. it would be strange to see someone you associate with vastly different periods of and time particularly like hanging we- out socially. And I think when we, it would probably be some of our earliest, just the two of us social outings. Yeah. I'm sure this is interesting to everyone. <laughs> I'm sure everyone loves to see this symposium on but, our friendship. But specifically, a one day between Australia and England uh, in January 2018, I would say one of the very first times mm. just the two of us hung out. And it seemed like that day. All of terrorists decided to go to it the gap. Like everyone we'd ever met was there. Was like like, what are you two doing here? There's a lot of teachers who found it particularly weird. It seemed to really, mm. it seems to irk them in a way. Like, yeah, everyone was like, the there were some people who were like sort of pissed about it. <laughs> so anyway, that's what the Gabba means to us. And yeah. yeah, as Joe mentioned, like we do adore the sport of cricket. It's the best. I've been known to say the phrase, and I will stand in on this. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it now, but I've been saying you can't in good faith claim to have an appreciation of Shakespeare and theatre and not have an appreciation for the sport of cricket. I what I love about that stand phrase, by that so hard is, is that... Uh, doesn't convince Shakespeare fans to watch cricket and it makes people who like cricket feel like a bit of a nerd. I feel like, you know, I reckon a few, you know, you sit down on YouTube, you watch Adam Gilchrist's second fastest century of all time at Perth in the Ashes in 2006. Sets up a great declaration. And then you're like, oh, what's this in my watch next on YouTube? (laughs) Oh, it's uh, Hamlet. It's David Tennant doing a brilliant monologue from King Lear. It's just something so Shakespearean about cricket. It's 11 characters mm. on each side. They're at each other. There's uh, The stakes are high. Everyone's watching. It's all about strategy. It's a theatre. Particularly, oh, I love cricket commentary as well because they have... It's not like, like rugby league where there is 80 minutes of action that you have to be commentating on all the time. Like, mm. Footy is like a Michael Bay movie in that context. Like, mm. There's no room for subtlety. Cricket is can- a Michael Bay play. <laughs> Which was you our- can't play cricket in freaking shorts, mate. It's whites. That was the name of our drama teacher in school. Mm. B-E-H. So yeah, B-E-H. Spelling. And couldn't 
couldn't be less similar in artistic tastes to Wang Bang Crash Explosions Michael Bay. No. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, it is very uh, the yeah, theatre of it. The theatre like, of cricket. You think about you think about being young, even like before you really understand cricket, like trying to tell your dad about something cool you've done and he's watching Shane Warne spin a web over some hapless South African. Oh, don't give a fuck about your Lego, mate. Um, yeah, too real, too real. <laughs> too but real. back up, son, back up. I would say, yeah, what you said about the commentators as well, it is just like, because it is such a slow sport in essence, which is what, it, it's not slow and boring, it's building tension mm. because the smallest change in strategy can change an entire game. Five 100%. days of play down the drain just because you bowled a ball centimetres away from where you should have. But because of that slowness and the building of tension, yeah, not uncommon to hear commentators who are world-class just talk about, like, the temperature in the commentary box or the magnum they're eating. Or, like, genuinely, yeah. Like, hey, um, that, that chicken sandwich for lunch, Tuds. Yeah. <laughs> Bit too much mayo on it today. Well, the bloke slip his hand. It's an insight into the mind. nothing to say. Yeah, that's a long time, which is what makes it good. Now, uh, we should push on... Um. I was going to say on the Wikipedia that the Gabba has itself. Mm. Um, so we'll- and, and, and just briefly before that, obviously, anyone who doesn't know cricket, the tradition is the Gabba has the first test of the summer. First test uh, of the Australian summer. It is when shit gets underway for cricket It, it is literally how you know the summer has started. Um, and Australia hasn't lost a game at the ABBA, uh, at the Gabba. <laughs> <laughs> knowing me and knowing, knowing you, Warney. <laughs> <laughs> Probably gave up as a chant. I uh, haven't lost a game at the Gabba since 88. Very good. Uh, so this is John Kay, who is a British cricket correspondent's take on the Gabba. And I think he will let him speak for himself. The first test between Australia and England is played nowadays at Brisbane. Nobody seems to know why. And all sorts of arguments are ventilated for and against more cricket tests on the Woolen Gabba ground. I am all in favour of robbing Queensland of its greatest cricketing occasion. For the ground depresses. Saw loser, mate. <laughs> it is not a cricket ground at all. It is a concentration camp. Hang on. He said this in 1950. <laughs> yep, it was pretty they raw. Knew what they were. <laughs> Wire fences abound. <laughs> Spectators are herded and sorted out into lots, as though for all the world this was a slave market and not a game of cricket. Also, they, slaves are a concentration, Matt. Pick your analogy. The stands are of wood and filthy to sit on. The dining rooms are barns without a touch of colour or a picture on the wall. Everywhere there is dust and dirt. Forgive me if I am bitter about the Wollongabba cricket ground. The city has many good points and the people who live there are generous and hospitable to the highest degree. But once one goes to the cricket ground, the advantages are overwhelmingly lost in the mass of rules and regulations. What a prick. Hello, sorry, I'm Giles the butler. I think my brother was just on Unpacking Brisbane. He's a right tit. Well, you know who John Kay was when he was younger? The English bully! Oh, no! <laughs> we now have a network of British yeah. characters in it the was, show. It was, it was observed to us um, by a, a really close friend of ours who na- whose name escapes me um, that we had a network of British characters who we decided know each other. And we can add John Kay, who thinks everything's a concentration camp. Yeah, mate... As you said, That's such a massive 1950, call. five years after the Holocaust, he's coming out and being like, you know what I think is most uh, <laughs> reminiscent of that time in history? It's this dirty cricket ground I don't like because it's dusty. I'm going to go out on a limb and say John Kay didn't go to Auschwitz during no, the war. I don't think John Kay was a liberator. I think he might no. have read one newspaper article about it and just be like, oh, that sounds tough. Just like the Gabba. He's sitting there just like... 
chewing on a meat pie and kind of, like, in the heat of the gabber and being I'd like, well, be- this is my Auschwitz. <laughs> this mate, one here is mate, my it Auschwitz. Be, it would be freaking kosher to say it nowadays, let alone five years after it happened. I don't think it'll ever be kosher to call the gabber Auschwitz. And it's not correct. Now, I will... Cu- Listen, the gabber is... It's an ugly, ugly cricket It is ground. always it's those- hot. It is concrete. It is falling apart. It used to have a hill. It used to yeah, have a it hill. It used to be a beautiful grassy place. And then the renovations, it's yeah, in it, fact it's it's Colossus, it's those mustardy coloured oh, orange just, seats. It, yeah, it's gross. But it's a great ground. It's, it's an intimidating ground. ground. As you said, teams lose there if Have they come to versus Australia. And and the thing about the hill and the thing that they've actually retained is that that spirit, that culture of just getting pissed as blazers. So mm. my, my my dad, I think when he was early in uni, went with his older brothers who loved to, you know, feed him a couple too many beers um, to mm. Gabba Hill for a, I think it was a one day spread over two days. It was mm. like back to back. Anyway, so, they went so there one day. One would call it so, a two, a two <laughs> day in some respects. Yep. So went there and apparently- one of those two day one day. <laughs> uh, we never came up with a term for it. Those five day one day is- Purists call them test matches, but I call them. Um, <laughs> but they go, and apparently the hill is just a light. It's going crazy, and they go to the Pineapple Hotel later that night. Um, and my dad, having had one too many on the hill, uh, promptly knocks over an entire rack of glasses mm. and smashes about twenty pint glasses on the floor. Oh, Next day, you wake up. You got to go to the hill again. You got to put in another shift. They go back to the Pineapple Hotel uh, at night. Every single glass is plastic. Overnight, the they implemented they, it that quickly. They were so scared of my not that much of a piss cannon father oh, that they were like, "All right, guys, we're scrapping glass." Glasses. That's the culture of the Gabba. Glasses fear him. Mm. Wow, that is cool. I'm I'm just gonna go when we finish up tonight. I might just pop upstairs and be like, "Thanks for having us again, guys. See you, Nadine. See you, Glassy." <laughs> Glasshouse Mountain over here uh, on your Petey Glass. Oh, glass. it's the Shatterer. Glassy <laughs> Pete Shats. Shatsy, <laughs> smashy. Boy. G'day, Shards. How are you? <laughs> Oi, Shardsy. Well, that just sounds like he's an thanks ice addict. The, thanks for the stir fry, Shardsy. <laughs> well, he is. So it works. Oh, that is there. Yeah, that does suck. Parody, parody, satire. Parody. Satire, Pete. Come on, Greg. Come on, Shards. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, cooked quote from John K there. Uh, now, do you want to talk a little bit about the pitch, Joe? I do, I do. So, uh, one for the real cricket fans, but one for people who love Brisbane and its ways. The pitch at the Gabba is usually very, very fast and very bouncy. And in a number of ways, Henry, it's actually given rise to something I really want to talk about, which is my top three Gabba moments. Oh, okay. Now, I'll, I'll count down backwards. Uh, number three uh, is a personal one, and it's that time. Uh, so, we were playing, Australia was playing a test, and yeah, not we. Henry and I weren't in the team, but no. the Australian cricket team who we support were playing a test against Sri Lanka. And I got off work about maybe at most 20 minutes before you. Mm. Got there, got in an Uber. You're probably 20 minutes behind. I saw four wickets fall mm. in 20 minutes. It's fucking filthy. And then I don't think another wicket fell, in, fell until the very end of the I day. I was so angry. It was... And also, there was like the stretch no of one cricket that, that I turned up for was like the most like so dull, fucking boring. I'd watched like electrifying hair on the back of my neck. Shit, mm. it's like and then I, I turn up twenty minutes later. I was like, Joe, why are those hairs standing up so straight in the back of your neck? And you were like, Oh, it was all the wickets. And I was like, What the what the what the? And then uh, and then the hairs scampered and they ran away. And we realised they probably weren't hairs. No, they were very small men. <laughs> trying to do very nefarious things. Small Greek men. There were small Greek That's why men they like hairs. in a sequel to Inception where instead of going in people's dreams, they just like shrink down quite small and get on the back of their minds. Sure. Hey, your mind's the same. Take it or crime. leave it, listener. What do you, I don't know. <laughs> um, what are you? I'm, I'm as confused as you uh, are, bro. My number two moment. Uh, an iconic so this Australian is your number two moment. moment at the Gabba. Sure. Uh, 
couple of words for you. Get ready for a broken fucking arm, mate. Oh. Michael Clark to James Anderson. That's your number two. That's my number two, which begs the question was number one. But I think if like we don't want to forget Michael Clark was like a joke in the Australian mindset. For non-cricketers, this was um Probably the most controversial cricketing captain Australia's ever appointed yeah. in that he was an incredible La- batsman. Lara, Lara Bingle's husband. Lara Bingle's husband. Um, does still hold the record for the number of runs scored in one test innings at the Gabba. He had a 259 not out. Uh, broke the previous record set by uh, Pommy Alistair Cook. So Michael <laughs> Clark never in doubt his cricketing prowess. It was just the fact that, well, for lack of a better word, he was just a bit of a fucking knob. He had, he oh, was the first, you know, he, he, and John Howard's famous quote of the two most important jobs mm. in Australia are the Prime Minister and the Australian Test Cricket Captain. And Michael Clark didn't fit that mould. You've come off the back of Alan Border, Steve Waugh. Mark Taylor. Was Mark Taylor after Alan yeah. Border? Yeah, sorry. Alan Border, Mark Taylor, Steve Waugh, Ricky Ponting. Just blokes. Like blokes who are clean blokes. and straight edge. Yeah. Clean cut. They hit it straight and they were straight They edge. love cricket. They they have three beers at the end of the day's play and they're like, well done, guys. In comes Michael Clark. Young bloke, dating a supermodel. Uh, all over the tabloids. Bleach blonde hair. Tats. Um, so, Australia... Let's just everyone say the Australian just, public were not on this guy's side. I just thought he was... A flog. He was a flog. And then came <laughs> this incident. Uh, so, basically, it is the afternoon. And also, this is on the last day of the Ashes Test in 2013. Australia are obviously going to win. Like, the game is wrapped up. They just need one more wicket. Uh, and the English quick, Jimmy Anderson, starts chirping away at George Bailey, who is not that relevant, but he's a very short Australian player. Mm. And apparently, Anderson keeps saying to him, saying, mate, if there's anybody in this team I want to punch, it's you. Which isn't, like, that much of a threat. Whatever. Like, if there was someone I had to, it would be you. I'm not mm. going to. But Clark walks He's over. He's, like, narrowed his insult. Yeah. Like, um, and this is the summer of Mitchell Johnson genuinely putting English players in hospital. One, uh, one of the English players after this test, quite sad, had to return home due to, like, mental health issues triggered by Johnson's fast bowling. Yeah. And Michael Clark, summing up the nuance and complexity of the situation and the stallion fast bowler he has, just walks up to Jimmy Anderson and says, Hey, mate. Get ready for a broken fucking arm. And I love... I think you've seen and as it well, was Henry. Caught, it was caught on the stump mic. Yeah. So, and, um, but non-cricketing beds, there are microphones in the wicket uh, so as to pick up usually just like what the wicketkeeper is saying and any kind of uh, like expressions of frustration or glee from the batsmen themselves. But yeah, th- this was uh, delivered quite close to that stump mic. So Clark's broken fucking arm comment was crisp and clear. And uh, Australia loved him. Just it over over. And everyone was like, <laughs> awesome, keep it up, great work. With with the speed and agility of the replacement of glass to plastic at the Pineapple Hotel, <laughs> Australia had come to the side of Michael Clark oh. uh, simply by saying, we're going to break your fucking up. Also, Jimmy Anderson, just uh, got to be the most detested Australian oh, like, uh, Incredible like, fucking cricketer. Yeah. God, what a bastard pomp. Um, and one last thing I'll say about it before giving you my number one moment. Clark, later on when talking about it, says that... Um, He's sorry that it got picked up. Yeah, very much gave an interview where he was like, it's the biggest regret of my cricketing career because I said it near the stump of my... <laughs> very sorry I, I got I don't think you're sorry at all. Uh, got caught but, even. But my number one... Yep, it's number one, one moment at the Woolen Gabba famous... It's the Gabba. subject of so many memes for guys who don't have much personality other than 4X gold and test cricket in the summer. Here we go. I.e. us... It is, of course, Peter Siddle's iconic hat-trick mm. in 2010. Now, Henry, obvious trivia question coming up here. Oh, God. And uh, play along at home, Unpakistanis. Again, I'm just so aware of the fact that, like, this isn't a cricketing podcast. So, hat-trick is where a bowler yeah. takes three wickets in a row, gets three batsmen out 
in a row. A huge thing, rare. Not many people have it to their name. No. And this guy, not only getting one, Peter Siddle, um, got it on his 26th birthday. Oh, of course. Peter Siddle, hat-trick on his birthday. And for anyone worried about how much more cricket you'll hear, this is about the last of it. But well. it is a niche trivia question. Henry, who were the three batsmen he dismissed in order? And, bonus points, Shit. what was the methods of dismissal? All right. The first was Alistair Cook. Yep. How was he dismissed? Outside edge. Yep. Caught by Shane Watson. Spot on. Awesome. Faultless. Second. Yeah. Clean bold. Yeah. Matt Pryor. Yeah. Wicket keeper. I was going to say Mark. And and in an iconic bit of commentary, uh, just to show you how bald cricket commentators are, Mark Taylor, who was commenting it, didn't realise he was bold for about five seconds. Mm. So the commentary sounds like he's going, oh, that might just be crashing into middle. Oh, could be all double. Oh, he's bold. Yeah. He's got the wicket. Number three. Stuart Broad. Yeah. Public enemy number one. LBW. Beautiful. And it wasn't given. It was given out. It was given, yeah. Stuart Broad reviewed it, so yeah. sent it upstairs. And I remember it's sort of like seen as the biggest limp dick um, shitting on a great Australian moment because I don't know who else was in the commentary box. It might have been Howie or, or someone. And he's yelled out, he's done it. Peter Siddle's yeah. got a hat trick on his Taylor. birthday. And then Taylor comes in and just goes, not yet he hasn't. Not yet he hasn't. Because Stuart Broad has to review. Um, just floggy. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, I've watched that YouTube Henry. clip. Like That is SWAT back to me. There's something so inspiring about watching incredible achievements of stuff that you'll never be able to do. Oh, yeah. I get off on it. Oh, yeah. And and good point on that, like, in terms of never being able to do it. Listeners, Joe and I I are fucking terrible at cricket. Yeah, no Don't mistake our fandom for ability, please. Can I say this? In year eight, because I I rode in school, but I, uh, because I love... The crack like, yeah, you love getting up at four thirty and cereal. You love um, having it up and going a banana, mate. Hey, it's the calcium and fibre of two wheat bix, mate. Yeah, so let's so not true. get too ahead of ourselves. How many do you do? Oh, two. I have one up and go. Right I do five. I do five wheat bix generally, that's and people hard. think that's a lot. Dude, Brett Lee does enough wheat bix to satisfy Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't heard that story, ask someone in the know. <laughs> We're going to get sued for defamation. Holy <laughs> fuck. Fuck, that's funny. So um, you did rowing in your age. Imagine that, just like Kevin Spacey being like, come here and fuck me, Brett Lee. And he's like, hang on, Scott's two weak dicks. He's like, give me a fucking up. Guys, I'm about, Guys. To, have, I'm about to have sex with the guy from American Beauty. Get me an up and go vanilla malt. <laughs> And Kevin's like, I actually don't want to now after seeing that display, Brettley. He's like, well, I have to say it was incredibly strange. I was having secretive sex with an Australian cricketer and he could not help but eat his cereal. I guess the saying is, as they go, an Australian gives as good as he gets. And let me tell you this, this Australian got. We start with Louis C.K. House of Wheatbix. We pepper in some Kevin Spacey. House of Wheatbix. Ladies and gentlemen, a sanitarium production. House of Bix. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard the story, there's uh, a rumor that ask Brett someone, Lee ask had someone sex with Kevin Spacey at Richard Branson's party in London. <laughs> you definitely, if you live in Brisbane, you are only ever one or two degrees away from someone who claims they know this story. I heard this story from you, Henry, from Hamish, and from another. Fr- I heard it from someone in Dublin. Like another Brisbane person was like, "Oh, Joe, have you heard this?" And then they're like, "Brett Lee had sex with," and I'm like, "Yeah, I, I fucking heard it. We're all over it." If, okay. you, if you think this story is true, write in. 
Because we do. And if you're Brett Lee and or Kevin Spacey, I mean, at least one If you're Brett Lee, come on the show. If you're Kevin Spacey, you don't don't deserve to ever work again. Kevin Spacey, write us a letter. You've got lots of time. (laughs) Um, All right, so uh, the... um, So what's your top Gabba moment? I was going to make a point about us not being good at cricket. Oh, yeah, we're so bad. Because I rode, but I did play cricket in primary school. And my dad um, was the coach. Now, dad, excellent coach. And at my level of ability, he didn't have a whole lot of coaching to do. It was more just like, can you hit the ball? Yeah. put your pads on um but i was in for cricket i was in the g's oh man i was in the eight g's now i want you to think about how far into the alphabet you are by the time you get to the is letter that, g is that seven you you mate you're at least a third into the song so oh. that is how bad i was now i was captain yes my dad was coach whatever um Fuck. I, that sucks i was captain of the 8g cricket team um, now, Take my, your responsibilities pretty seriously. Well, you? I took them so seriously. Now, not only was I into cricket, but I was kind of already a little bit into US politics by this stage. Nice. Not as much as I am now, but I was already like floating around the edges of the idea of like running for president in America. So, so into my role of captain was I that I thought in the eight Gs, well, I'd need a running mate. So, <laughs> after weeks of deliberation, I took a side friend of the show, Joel Townsley, and was like... I was Joel Vice. I was like, Joel... um. How are you liking the team? He's like, yeah, it's something to do on a Saturday. I was like, would have liked a better answer, but that's fine. <laughs> mate, um, yeah, we've been doing a lot of thinking and I want to offer you the spot. And he goes, what was that, mate? I go, I want you to be my vice. I want you to be vice captain of the 8G cricket team. And he was like, what does that involve? And I was like, can't imagine a whole lot. We train once a week and then it's a few hours on a Saturday morning while my parents read the paper and catch up over a coffee. And he was like, sounds good. We didn't win many games. No, I can't imagine you did. All right. I think it's safe yeah. to say that's enough about cricket. Let's move on from cricket. So you can you can listen in now. If you skipped ahead, you can listen in. We're moving away from the cricket, but we are staying in the Gabba because a massive, massive Brisbane event that did happen was the Adele concert. 2014. 20... Oh, what? Nah, dude. We're talking... Was it older? Yeah, dude. We're talking... Um, I'll just look it up. Hang on. We're, I think we're talking 2016 or 17, then. Oh, really? i got to say, I don't know a single soul who went to the Adele concert. I went. Oh, it was well. 2017. Um, really? One of the best gigs I've so ever why been to. Was, why was it a big deal? Because I like Adele's music a lot, but why is that bigger than like a Foo Fighters coming or like Taylor Swift or like Pink? I don't have a complete answer for you. It was the first concert that Gabba did, being an arena spectacular. Oh, okay. Obviously, the Suncorp Square, or Rectangle even, so that means that it wasn't... Th- this was a true arena spectacular in the centre. That's true. Absolutely saw that. Um, Adele was huge at the time. It was, it was just... I don't make cracks better, Wade. Uh, <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> Huge commercially and critically. Um, Very talented. And so then the fact that also, like, there was... Yeah, I actually can't fully answer your question. There was something culturally there was about There was something mate. in the air. Mate, I think it's because of Wool and Gabba. I think it's yeah. the love that this country has for the Gabba doing something that wasn't cricket-related Like, you just huge. feel like there's, there's some beautiful well, sh- magic. It showed a cultural... Yeah, exactly. It showed a cultural side to the Gabba. Now, I would say that... Queensland Police Service, many, many funny, hilarious Facebook statuses about the Adele concert. That's true, The city went nuts for Adele. Lots of people there who weren't meant to be there. Now, I'll say this. My sister um, went along... I think both my sisters went, actually. Huge fans of Adele. Yeah. Massive, massive into it. They paid for tickets there at the back. Uh, I didn't get a ticket in the end because I was like, I like Adele, but, you know, it's probably... It was a bit expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, dad threw a... Like, buses had Adele on them instead of the Mate, route it numbers. it was like, huge. This is, I think this is why I was like, 
like a little contrarian 17-year-old, I was like, oh, who gives a fuck about Adele? Like, oh, Brisbane, Adele's awesome. Brisbane went into that. I think it's a great reminder of Brisbane at its heart is a really small town. Like, we yeah. know it in the fact that everyone knows everyone, but you also know it in the fact that Adele comes. This and was it's a like the biggest star news coming ever. to like, town. Coming to our little town. She was rolling in the deep. Um, yeah, so basically dad through work, um, based, through a patient or something, something happened. Through a and baby. He, he ended up, yeah, a baby came <laughs> the out. A baby that he delivered of a, of a natural tickets. birth. And I was like, thanks, doctor. Do you want two tickets to Adele? And they're like, thanks, how do you have this? And he's like, just let me tell you, hello from the other side. That's what I was saying through the ultrasound. <laughs> rolling in the deep, more like rolling, rolling in, in the, the womb. Placenta. Oh, yeah. Okay. Doesn't really rhyme. Uh, Couldn't tell you another Adele song. Set fire to the umbilical cord. Oh, man. <laughs> What's your story? Um, so then, yeah, uh, ended up getting tickets. Katie and I, sisters were fuming. Um, we were like... Brilliant in, friend of the show, Katie Witt. Yeah, we were in the, the really one of the better comics you'll ever meet. Um, and then we and were, a super friend and and loyal. Can I say loyal? Extremely loyal and extremely dedicated follower of the show as well. She's love her a bit. Great girl. As is Joy. And yeah. Oh, so Hamish, Molly, Sam, oh, Lewis. Just these so beautiful many superstars good, in our awesome life. friends. Anyway, um, okay. so then yeah, we were at the and we ended up getting tickets to the place that was just like in the stage. Like so it was a really spectacular and we were in the middle of the 360 revolve. We were touching Adele. It was so cool. Oh, really? Call me call me uh call me a worker at a company that hasn't updated their technology in a while because I was touching Adele. Um, <laughs> it was I was that close to Adele. That's good. Um they don't call her a Mac. Uh, so no, I was don't. well. It's not a name, and mm. so it was awesome, mate. This concert okay. blew away. And what so, was funny was because so many people from Brisbane who clearly weren't into Adele but were into an event were there. So, so Katie and I are there, and we're standing next to this bloke, and he was kind of rambunctious, sort of the guy you'd see at the Gabba for an Alliance game rather than a Adele concert, maybe yeah. members, and somehow slinged the tickets that way. Oh, that's right. My parents are Gabba members. I think they went because they. It was like twenty because they could get or something. Yeah, yeah like um, so then. Oh, so true. So we're standing there, and then he's just before the concert, been like, "Ah, oh, yeah, now nah, this is gonna be all right. Not usually what I do on my Sunday night, <laughs> but do love a bit of you know, a bit of this should be all right. I don't mind a concert. I actually ended up seeing the Stones once. <laughs> Satisfaction, <laughs> just like ocker bloke. Anyway, lights go down. Adele comes out. Interestingly, as well, yeah. Um, because it was an arena spectacular, she couldn't be on the stage, so she was oh. she got into. Basically, a coffin that they oh, dressed God. up as like tech material, and just two techies in black shirts and earpieces walked her through the crowd. No one knew any wiser. It was all over the news the days after the concert. They that like, is because awesome. everyone was like, "Are there secret tunnels in the Gabba, or was she just on stage from like three p.m.?" No, nah, they wheeled her out. That is unbelievably a, cool. Yeah, it was. Imagine really if awesome. that's how like you got dropped off by an Uber to like pre's. Like it's a special <laughs> service where like, sorry, nothing to see here, just an esky not filled with. Hi everyone, Joe's here. How are we doing? <laughs> That's um, that's actually awesome. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. So anyway, then Wheeler actually gets up. She's doing the concert, and then this awkward bloke next to us, just despite all his kind of tall poppy and like niggling, and oh, this isn't sport. Why I'm at the Gabba. He just looks up as she bursts into hello from the other side. Flash is right here, and he just goes, "Oh my god." She's fucking beautiful. <laughs> she Aww. can sing. And then he was just, best night of his life. He, his, he was oh, just he was loving, just loving it. it. And we were walking out like near him and he's gone, I've never heard a voice like that. Aww. And I did see the stones. Oh, that is so sad. That would, I, I had a very similar experience at um, Elton John on the sunny coast. Mm. Like just clearly people who go out for an event rather than any particular passion yeah. for Elton John. Particularly Elton John being a, uh, a queer man. There were mm. certainly some lightly distasteful comments in the crowd. Two songs in, they're like, 
this bloke's fucking brilliant. I love him. Music I love that. Music heals prejudice is what we're saying. Now, Henry, just down the road from the Gabba is famously the costume shop. Mm. And I think there's just one very funny thing about the costume shop. So it's like called Disguises. Brisbane has like two costume shops, right? Yeah. Um, and I first went here when I was getting later host and a, a really good friend of ours, like one of our best mates, um, had a 21st. It was like an Oktoberfest themed 21st. And her name escapes me. Yeah, I um, couldn't remember. But it was a great party. It was a great night. She's a great person. But when I was there, I noticed that some costume shops have costumes where they have the rights to what they're selling. Mm. That isn't disguises. There was a Joker costume. So it's like a purple suit, green shirt, makeup. And it was labelled Funny Man. <laughs> and I just love those costume shops when, like, top... Like, clearly it's a Top Gun outfit and they're like, American pilot. Yeah. You don't know, man. It could be any one of them. But it's just stuck with me seeing a costume just earnestly labelled funny, man. I fucking loved. That is fun. Now, you had something about another funny man, Daniel Murphy, or Dan as you go. Uh, Dan Murphy's. Danny Murphy's. Well, I was actually before the pandemic hit, I was at the Durfs, or the Dans, as Sam nicknames them, uh, in Wollongabba. And they had a huge sign out the front that was... We don't just match prices. We beat them. And then inside, another sign is like a marketing follow-up. We don't just beat prices. We smash them. It's like, is there going to be a sign looking at the back of the store? It's like, I don't just smash prices. We break their kneecaps and kill their family. It's like marketing about beating and slashing prices has gotten so aggressive these days. If you're a price... We're gonna we're gonna sell you into a pyramid scheme, and then we're gonna rob you of everything you fucking own, mate. It's like the uh, it's like the hot fuzz gag. We're gonna psychologically manipulate this price. We're gonna get under the skin of this price until it hates everything it used to love, and it walks on ash and eats it. I'm gonna it's share like, Russian fueled propaganda with this price to the extent that it becomes an incel, alienates itself from all its friends and family, and lives a lonely, bitter life. Take that price, <laughs> man. I just want a case of Furphy. Oh. Um, now, you, uh, we love beer, but one other thing that we love is music. <laughs> we do, we do. You have had, because people might not know this, Joe, obviously now rock star podcaster, but once he was just a plain old rock star. I was, I was in a band. I was in a band. And um, so people won't know this, but there's this warehouse at Wollongabba that is sort of a safe haven for a lot of Brisbane musicians. It, it has rehearsal rooms, a recording room. Um, but it's just some random warehouse. For example, so we were rehearsing there one day uh, and Last Dinosaurs were there recording um, and June Rats were there fixing up a vintage car. And I was 16 because I was in a band <laughs> in high school. I was really young. Mm. I don't think the guys from June Rats realised that. So we walked out after rehearsing and clearly they hadn't heard us playing our soft brand of indie pop because, you know, slacker rockers June Rats. Like, oh, guys, awesome tune. Just offered me a joint. I was like, yeah, mate, I've got year 11 tomorrow. I'm probably going to be fine. But it's this bizarre little space. because It's just run by just like this really old dude who just loves music in Brisbane, like truly passionate. Yeah, cool. There are 14 bunk beds in the back of one of the recording studios because people will just go there, record for like six hours, go to bed for four hours as a band and wake up and record again. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. beautiful. I love it. It's it's classic passion Brisbane. And the final funniest- Where exactly is it again? Sorry, brother. It's really close to Laser Force. You know how Wollongabba is like partly an industrial estate? Yeah. It's that area. And Henry, I've been led to believe by some communication between our teams prior to today that you have a couple of comments about Laser Force. Mate, Laser Force is Brisbane, iconic Brisbane. Mm. A lot of, and we actually had a few people commenting. Will Kowalski being one of them, but yeah. others as well, commenting on the Instagram and messaging us saying, you've got to talk about Laser Force. Now, uh, we will. Mate, 
Laser Force is sick. So for That's those of just you, fucking awesome. For those of you who don't know, this is long before your strike bowlings and every other kind of entertainment, uh, like arcade, I suppose, had themselves a laser skirmish built into the thing. This was Brisbane's original like yeah. laser skirmish game. Like, like if you weren't doing full on paintball out in Whoop Whoop, where you got nineteen bruises the next day, this was your only choice. And it was like so. Um, real cool, massive space. You'd go in, and I got to tell you, mate, if you were in year three and you weren't having your fucking birthday party at Laser Force, you better have been having oh, it. Mate. At, here's, here were maybe your options if you wanted to retain any sense of social capital in year three. Having your party at Laser Force, awesome. Yeah. Bowling, one. nah, fuck off. Not cool anymore. Yeah. The only real alternative that I'm thinking is a pool like Chandler with slides. If it was like Fair. get your boardies on my gun, Chandler, maybe you're retaining. A bit. I got I did paintballing in year five with because I went Young. To, I, I went to a primary school with a lot of like really weird kids and like some of them were earnestly troubled. I bet you didn't fit in. <laughs> I was there in uh, my Legolas costume on book day, being like, hmm, I wonder why they've got a problem with my blonde wig. Yeah. Um, but did paintball and it just fucking hurt. And the whole time I was filthy about it. I was like, why aren't we just playing Laser Force? Yeah. Like even when you're having fun, that was the magic of Laser Force. Also. When did you throw out your Laser Force membership card? Still got wallet? it. Still got it. I was going to say, I think you still have it. Shoot. I threw it out in first year uni in I'd, my like, I'm mature now moment. Nah, not at all. I'd <laughs> rip open my Velcro wallet after having uh, dislodged the chain, obviously, so that it wasn't pulled. I would get yeah. my chain wallet out, rip the Velcro. This isn't a lie, by the way. Uh, no, and, and get out my Laser Force card. Yeah, Shooter was my name. Wish I could go back. That was Oh, that sucks. Mine was like... <laughs> mine was my name which I know you're not really meant to do but no. mine was like Joey Dwyer 99 everyone was like not really the spirit of it is not the spirit like, you meant to have a cool nickname there were heaps like of like wolf hunters and mate heaps of hunters and wolves I wonder what they'd be now it'd probably what are the kids today being like uh, Dabra Kadabra or <laughs> oh yeah true oh they'd be flossing stuff meme hunter they'd yeah. be like have you flossed your life floss something yeah oh that, that, that is be good, good actually yeah what, yeah like um what um uh, some freaking nerd is like, my nickname is a dab hand. And I was like, shut the fuck up, Doug. I'm Drake the Killer or something. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that essentially was... Mm. Uh, what about like TikTok? But it's like TikTok like times up. Oh, that's cool. And like ticking off the lists oh. of who I'm going to talk in TikTok, a world where talk is a verb. Glock. Oh, yeah, done. Yeah, done. That's the line. That's the winner. So yeah, uh, Lays Force, fucking sick. Can I tell you though? Yeah. Uh, not as sick for a couple of 18-year-olds in a relationship uh, on Valentine's what? Day. <laughs> Don't tell me. Bro. Oh, Henry. Uh, yeah, no. my my uh, high school paramour and I, uh, this was into uni, got to, yeah, Valentine's Day. Fucking And hell, we man. had, like, a nice day. And then I was like, do you want to go to Laser Force? And she was like, not really. And this is probably a sign that the relationship did end. To convince her. Um, pretty soon after this. Yeah, bro, we went to Laser Force at, like, 9pm on, on Valentine's <laughs> How Day. How was it open to Late, dude, like oh, 10, 10 30. And I was like, and there was still like youths there just running around. Um, and I was like, I don't know where in my mind I convinced myself that this was romantic. Again, the relationship did not go no, on I was for say, a whole lot longer. Yeah, yeah, Laser Force probably spelt the She death. was like, oh, Valentine's Day, do you want to go get dinner? I was like, I'll tell you what's more romantic than that. <laughs> Shooting laser lights at each other and hearing- and little it's children. game over, man. <laughs> game over. And then, and then using your tokens to get like a packet of burger rings or something. Yeah, can I have a nerd's rope, please? And yeah, we'll take one more game. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking sick, dude. Laser Force is awesome. If you haven't been there, go support a local business and shoot the living shit yeah. out of each other with lights. Not on Valentine's Day, though. No, not any other day. Look, if you're in a relationship, 
feel free to avoid laser force. I don't know where in my brain I thought that was a good oh, idea. So I just thought it was something I, quirky. I Valentine's Day is one-upmanship. Everyone's trying to That's be true. like, we did a quirky thing. I, I was like, tell you what's quirky, be... Brisbane, laser force lights, let's go. I used to be very good at Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but in a very... You would have been. I would have been, yeah. Very good at, you know, card, flowers, poem. No, um, no electronically powered laser no, guns. No, I didn't I'm not find hearing. time to pick up a seven-year-old to use as a human shield while my girlfriend was trying to shoot me. Dude, people did that shit. It got violent there. It was quite people aggressive. People were just like putting fists through walls because it was like built out of like oh, it's not like the fucking strongest. Balsa wood. Balsa wood. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's a pretty flimsy thing because lasers will around. go through anything, man. Man, it was so sick. Oh, they were the sickest mm. parties. That you, is the truest arena of wool and gabba in just, many ways. Let me just tell you that if you St. Thomas's Primary, if you were if you were having your party there, I will very quickly. On this. So years later, years after I'd ever thought about Laser Force, Katie, amazing comedian, friend of the show, is really spoken about. Up there with Joy and Molly and Lewis and Sam and all, Hamish and just all, the superstars. Just all of the greats. Now she um had a party that was Brisbane themed, her twenty first. Oh, you're kidding. Twenty first was Brisbane themed. This is before we knew you because you were still on the on the seat. Um, <laughs> but we so had a twenty first themed Brisbane and I was like, tell you what's fucking Brisbane, laser force. So I contacted oh. them and I said, Dear this is true. I sent them an email. I said, Dear Laser Force, um, my friend is having oh, I was my girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend is having a uh, laser forced themed party. Um, I would like uh, Fuck, sorry. No, she wasn't. She's having a Brisbane-themed party, yeah. and I would like to wear something iconically Brisbane to the party. I was wondering if you have any broken laser force vests, because they were quite hearty vests that you'd put on quite, with, quite with the weapon. equipment, yeah. And, like, a coil on it and stuff. And I was like, I'd like to put that on and wear it to the party. And, everyone, and I'd turn up, and I was like, oh, my God, he's dressed as laser force. That's so funny. Yeah. And I was like, if, you know, you don't even have any broken ones, I'd be happy to, like, pay to rent one out. Yeah, like, how much of that? Uh, I don't know. And I was like... Could I just, like, for a weekend, I'll be very safe with it, please, for a weekend. They replied, I wish I could find the email, with, like, the sternest response <laughs> I've ever received. It was like, hello, Henry. Thank you for your correspondence. Under no circumstances does... La- As if they were, like, quoting legislation. They're like, under no... Like, the we'll refer you back Act. to the yeah. enabling statute passed by federal parliament last year. They yeah. Were. <laughs> they were like, they're like... Under no circumstances does Laser Force PTY Limited ever lend out its equipment for any circumstances, whether they be like, whether they be crucial or otherwise, something like that. And I was like, when would it ever be fucking crucial? Being like, oh no, <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like, holy shit, guys, aliens are here. We need lasers like now. Laser Force, you've got a whole arsenal of but weaponry. Inc- They're like, inc- no, 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 sorry. These are for the kids' parties. But They're also, like-, like, the lasers aren't even powerful enough to, like, blind a pilot in the sky. <laughs> like, all the technology is about what's in the vest itself. Fuck, that is so funny. They were like, they were like, so no, they're they're like please do not correspond with us again on the topic of loaning, renting, or in any way taking laser force vests. So we hope you can understand. We're definitely not making them un-Pakistanis of the week then. Absolutely fucking not. Not a million years. Love them, but, you know, I would hope that one day you could just be a little bit more generous with your lasers. God, it is incredible. The spirit of competition that is alive in Mullingabba and also your weird romantic attachment to laser force. It's hot, bro. It's not. It's lights. But that does lead us very well into the next segment. Does Mullingabba fuck? Yeah, tricky one this week. I would say... In my mind, Woolengabba does not fuck. I agree. Mm, okay. It's funny because I love it so much, and for anyone who tolerated all the cricket chat, you'd assume that Henry and I think Woolengabba is this sick alpha suburb. But it's not. See, I would <laughs> it's say, like, just not. If there was any part of Woolengabba that does fuck, it would be in the distinction between types of cricket. 
test cricket doesn't fuck. It's collared shirts to get in. Yeah. It's kind of not five days, nine it's, hours a day. In it's, the heat. it's also, it's either like really upper class members section glass beers or it's 14 dudes sitting in the sun who haven't seen each other since school and all quietly hate each other. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a, there's not an erotic energy at test cricket no, ever. There's nothing. And then what you do afterwards is you don't like go to clubs and have a good time. No, you like, go to the Pineapple Hotel dude, we went to like, or like the Aussie Nash. We went and to like Gilhoolies once and had like a cocktail. Yeah, that, that was, was the least fucky energy ever. Yeah, exactly. So I would say test cricket doesn't fuck. The type of cricket that is probably most on the verge of fucking is the more recently uh, invented BBL, the Big Bash League. That's 20 true. over cricket, 20 overs aside, three hours a game, Brisbane Heat. I find aqua blue of the Brisbane Heat uniform Do you find it quite fucky. Color? Yeah, I find that quite fucky. Like on the cover of The Girl Who Played With Fire. Chris Lynn, the Brisbane Heat captain, also mm. looks a lot like, like a, a notable porn star Johnny Sins. <laughs> you can say he looks a lot like a penis. He, he, he's <laughs> bald. He, he, he kind of does. I mean, Johnny Sins in many ways also looks like, looks a, like penis. a penis. Yeah. Um, and he looks like his penis, which we've all seen. Which we've all seen in now, a number of tasteful pictures. Now, yeah, he. So I would say there's a fucky energy about that. Also, yeah. like, there's. Also, I don't know how to describe the vibe, but I just don't get the feeling that Woolongabba fucks. There's something. I, I would say it's a stadium and an industrial estate. Yeah. If it I, fucked it to be East Brisbane or Kangaroo Point. Yeah, and the entertainment venue options are like pubs. I would say as well that, like, going back to the. Yeah, that, that that's the most they've ever come close to fucking because it is sort of the game that, like, couples would be more likely yeah. to go to the BBL than they would be to go to, like, a Mate, test match. Mate, if I'm match. in a relationship, I think I'm hard-pressed to convince my SO to go to a test match. I think, honey, let's go for a night at the Big Bash. It's a much easier sell. And, of course, there are many, uh, you know, females who are yeah. incredibly into test like cricket as well. I just can't marry her, bro. Yeah. I asked. Sad. Um, so, <laughs> the, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on there. And I would say as well that, like... Like the difference between the tests and the BBL in terms of energy, like test, as you said, it's kind of it's lemonades and broad brimmed happed. Yeah, I went to a BBL game. There was a fucking rocket man at half time, oh like a literal guy with a rocket launcher on his back, flying through the sky. I was like, oh look, it's Did a rocket get, man. And there's also like a light show. There's music between out. every ball. You get kicked out of test matches for having an inflatable ball that you toss up in the air. Yeah, they literally have fireworks shows to rival the Eka every ball at the fucking Big Bash. Yeah, so that's probably the closest they come to fucking. But yeah, bro, as well for me, like. I don't know what it is. Just well, Woolongabba I, doesn't have a fucky energy. And, I I'm mean, so sorry. Adele doesn't oh, have bro, a fucky energy. Fuck. Like, she has a... Like, tell you what my highlight of the Adele concert was. Yeah. Um, the song about her ex. <laughs> oh, which one was that, Henry? No, all of them. Oh, 23. <laughs> I actually love Adele. I don't know why I'm quite rose to go back. Nah, coming to bat. Yeah, I, I would say... Yeah, there was a romance to the Adele show, which oh, is what, one of my biggest and best memories, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Incredible performer. And there was certainly romance in your experiences with Laser Force with, with two past girlfriends. But at the end of the day, Woolengabba just has too many functional things to fuck. Every mm. part of that suburb functions. It's either transport, it's entertainment, it's yeah. industrial, it's shops, it's warehouses. Function doesn't I, fuck. Dare I say, it just straight up doesn't have that many houses. In Woolongabba. And yeah, and like there's apartments, but I mean, you're coming and going, you've got Mate, work. Apart- apartments don't fuck. Queenslanders fuck, as we addressed last week. Apartments don't fuck. Yeah, apartments, it's coming and going, but it's not a whole lot of coming. No, no. And then I said, it's not my erection, it's my St. John's Wood. Thank you, Sit Down Comedy Club. That's about all the time uh, we have time for, Henry, due to our self-imposed limit of not wanting to make any audience member listen beyond this point. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. 
idea. If you're an un-Pakistani, if, you're, uh, if you produce something beautiful, as we mentioned at the start, to great length, do message in, do write in. We want to hear from you. We love this city and we love the people in it. Yeah, we'd love to celebrate uh, all the good stuff that Brisbane has to offer, as uh, hopefully we've done today with Wool and Gabba. Thanks for listening, guys.